Hey, I'm Dr. Stan DeCoven, and welcome to this mini course on strengthening your foundation, or will your anchor hold? As I mentioned before, it's based upon my, my little book called Will Your Anchor Hold? And uh, I hope you're going to find this course to be really helpful to you and to your people to kind of make sure that the foundation of your faith is strong. We've gone through such a difficult time here in the United States, but really not just here, around the world. With COVID, with economic upheaval, with political upheaval, it's been a very, very difficult time. And I, I believe with all my heart, God wants us to stay firm in our faith, strong in all the things that he's already given us. And I don't mean just going back to some old religion kind of thing, but I think it's it's grabbing the principles that we find in the Word of God and applying those principles to our life that sustains us in difficult times. Not that I'm prophesying we're going to have difficult times all the time because, you know, but we do know in this world there is trouble. And Jesus said, you might as well throw a party. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hey, well, our key scripture that we're going to talk from is found in Acts chapter 3, and it begins, I want to just read verses 19 through 21. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. It says, Repent therefore and return, that your sins may be wiped away, in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. So we're going to really look at four different primary principles from this passage of scripture that deal with the keys to really a, a strong and a restored foundation. Because, I mean, it's based upon basically a simple question. The question really is, when the storms of life come, and trust me, they will come, will our anchor hold? Is our foundation strong? And so we're going to really look at four primary principles, if you will, or thoughts regarding this. Number one, we must have a firm foundation settled on solid theology. Uh, we need to be thoroughly biblical in how we see the world and how we live our lives. Second, we're going to look at apostolic slash prophetic life. And we're going to do that in terms of relationships. The third is going to be, uh, I just title it, In Your Right Mind, that is learning to live who you are. And finally, we're going to look at Kingdom Come, uh, Your Will Be Done, really the, the ultimate end game that uh, God wants us to be focused on. And so, you know, before getting into the specifics of this, uh, of, of part number one, a firm foundation uh, based upon solid theology, let me just give you a little bit of the context of the passage of Scripture here. You, most of us know, I mean, from Acts chapter 3, uh, this is Peter's second primary message. First one was outstanding, second one also outstanding, simple, basic, good gospel message. But this one came after an incredible miracle had happened. You know, Peter and John walked into the gate, beautiful, 
there's a man begging. No doubt Jesus had walked past that man many, many times, but had not reached out to bring healing to him, given an offering as far as we know. But the man's looking for coins, but again, Peter, John, who forgot to bring their wallet <clears throat> uh, to temple, they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And of course, he's walking and leaping, praising God, and he, you know, it causes all kinds of trouble in that day. Trouble comes. We know that trouble comes. It comes sometimes in, in ways that we least expect. Sometimes the trouble comes because of good things. You know, signs and wonders and miracles, sometimes from catastrophes and other situations. But we know that the gospel of the kingdom will stir people. People will accept, people will reject, but they will not ignore a true gospel of the kingdom message. And so Peter stands up, takes the opportunity to preach his message. And he starts with the word to simply repent. And one, or, one of the questions, again, that came to my mind is, is, what is it that we need to repent from? What is it we need to change our mind toward? What is it that really needs to be dealt with in our individual lives? Because I'm convinced with all of my heart that God does want us to change how we see the world. There are so many people that, I mean, when they think about what God has done, they think in terms of hope and dream and wish rather than the finished work. What Christ did on the cross finished the work that was necessary for our salvation. The gates, as, as it were, were thrown open. Religion, in many ways, was cast down and relationship became the most important thing we now have the privilege the opportunity to have a personal and intimate relationship with the God of the universe Peter recognized that a lot of folks do things wrong simply out of ignorance it's what it says in the chapter prior to this verse of scripture Really, a lot of what we do is just because we don't understand sometimes the consequences for things. Sometimes we don't understand that, uh, that what we're saying or what we're doing could hurt others or ourselves. But either way, they did things in ignorance, but that didn't excuse the fact that they still needed to repent. Now, we know the word repent does not mean weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's called hell. But it's really, it's changing your thinking. And that's really so much easier said than done. From a psychological view, we talk about uh, first-order change and second-order change. First-order change is simply a, a change of behavior. Pretty easy for people to do. They want to quit smoking. They want to go on a diet. They, they, they do a New Year's resolution, and, uh, you know, but they don't follow through. It doesn't last very long. Second-order change is an internal change. It's a change of one's thinking, one's belief systems and attitudes that really comes out of the core of a person. Well, that's what Peter was talking about. Repent. Change your thinking about what? about everything that you've learned about God's plan and purpose for life. And I think, you know, in the church, there's a lot of things that we need to maybe repent of. You know, I know for some that they couldn't, they can't understand worship without loud music, without smoke machines, 
without razzmatazz. Well, none of that's really necessary. It can be an enhancer to worship for some folks, but really, is that what worship is? We're trying to bring heaven down. I'm not sure heaven is filled with a smoke machine. His presence, his glory, without doubt. And we want that. But, you know, do we really need, or perhaps it's on the other end. You know, you can't really worship God if you're smiling or clapping or shouting or dancing. We don't find any of that in the Bible. Well, of course, it's, it's in the Bible. Read the Psalms sometimes. I mean, David danced so much, so vigorously, he danced right down to his BVDs. I mean, you know, we're talking about he danced with all of his might. So we know that, you know, there's, those extremes are kind of silly, ridiculous, but I think sometimes we need to think about our thinking and really focus on repenting. That is changing our thinking to line it up with what the Word of God says. So much in our lifestyle. I mean, I've heard messages late that it's all grace, it's all grace, it's all grace. And I hear others say it's all law, it's all law, it's all law. You better follow what God says or he's going to get you. But Jesus wasn't full of grace and law. He wasn't full of grace only. He was full of grace and truth, the Bible says in John chapter 1. That is, they're, and they're, they're not grace first and you hope to get a lot of grace and then maybe you start to live the truth no it's grace and truth together that when we repent we will become more gracious more loving more accepting more giving more nurturing of others but we'll also we won't compromise truth and truth of course is not the same as your opinion or mine you can have a learned opinion but it's an opinion nonetheless but truth is relational more than propositional Truth is Jesus, and grace and truth is how he wants us to live. So part of our foundation is to, is to make sure that, that, uh, that we repent so that our sins... Now, what sin? You say, I haven't sinned. I'm not a sinner. Well, of course, we all sin. John was very clear about that in 1 John. We all still make mistakes, miss the mark. That's why we confess, and that's why we repent. As soon as we're aware, we become convicted of something that we know we shouldn't be doing. We make it right. At least I hope we do. So that we can live a clean-hearted life. I believe it's necessary that we repent so that we can experience the forgiveness of sins, which is the greatest gift that God ever gave. More than just free will so that we could love him. I mean, we're forgiven for all the things that we've ever done by his grace, yes, by his mercy, by his kindness, because of the, of the sacrifice of his son, the shedding of his blood. And then he says that some, you're, if you do this, you're going to get something. Now, I know there's a lot of preachers that are a little worried about, oh, are you saying you, got, you give to get? Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, you sow to reap. You don't sow so that it'll die in the ground, Sowing and reaping will continue as long as the world spins. But he's, he's really saying specifically, God has a, a special gift for you. Times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. He wants us to live in his righteousness, in his peace, with his joy. He wants to make sure that our theology is strong, based upon a clear understanding of the word of God. That Jesus died on the cross. He was buried. And when he died, we died. When he was buried, we were buried. When he was raised, we were raised. And we're in him and he's in us. 
and we're presently seated with him in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus. And so Peter, you know, preaches this simple message. And then he says, of course, there's gonna, it's going to be a time frame. There's, a, there's a, a distance between the fulfillment of everything that God has promised and the actual fulfillment of that promise. <clears throat> there's going to be some times and seasons. We don't know how long they're, la- they're going to last, but we know one thing for certain. That God is going to fulfill every promise that he's made within the word of God, including his promises to you. And so look, uh, I, I find it so, so very interesting. He wants us to repent. There's a great song that says, it's, it's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips, like a symphony to my ears, like holy water on my skin. What is it? It's his forgiveness. It's refreshing to us. It satisfies our soul. We know that, you know, heaven's holding Jesus until, until what? Until he fulfills all things. Uh, From my viewpoint, I'm not looking to be raptured out of here. I'm looking for the kingdom of God to fully come into the earth. And I believe as we continue to serve the Lord, as we continue to preach and teach and disciple our people so they come into greater maturity with God, that the kingdom of God will continue to advance until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ. And so look, this is just really a, an introduction. God wants more than just revival. And even of rest, re- reformation, he wants restoration. He wants everything brought back to his original intention. He wants Eden, but not just Eden in a place, but Eden over the whole earth. And he's called us all to rule and reign with him. And so as we continue on with our, the principles found here, make sure your theology is strong. It's based upon the word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. Make sure that you're, 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 you're seeing the world the way God does. It's not going to hell in a handbasket. It's being redeemed. It's being restored. Everything that Jesus did, he opened the door so that everything the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit had conjured up, as it were, in their hearts before the earth was ever formed will come to pass. Yes, purging will come. Yes, it happens in nations. But ultimately, we know the kingdom of God will be established And Jesus Christ will reign forever as Lord and King. So hey, as we go through this little mini course together, I hope you'll you'll get a sense of what I'm talking about. Peter, when he preached that message, it was simple, it was basic, but it was based upon, hey, thank God, great miracle. But it also continued with more than just that. He preached to his own people. He said, listen, guys, I know you were dumb when you did what you did, but hey, It's time to change your thinking. It's time to to look at what you're doing, how you're doing it, and and ask yourself the question, does this line up with the principles of the Word of God? Is this producing healthy, good, mature fruit? Is this really seeing lives changed? Are we just doing the same thing over and over again? Hey, we'll talk more about this in our next session. I, I look forward to seeing you again.